0: It's the middle of February, the lights are low, the night is nigh. It's the most romantic, anticipated time of the year. That's right, the UEFA Champions League last 16 is back. And believe it or not, we've actually got quite a few Canadians involved in the competition this year. More than more than I think we've had in a very long time off the top of my head without knowing that stats. But don't worry, that's pretty on brand for this podcast. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, FC 13 Podcast is back for season two, and we can't wait to get started. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen you don't have to worry about any preseason jitters here or getting ourselves up to match speed because I think I nailed that one I think I nailed that one there you
1: did we don't have a fancy logo like the five years for the CPL but we have two years on the belt so let's go uh, I
0: mean like so you know like you know like Spider-Man 2 Terminator 2 um been back, to too. back to the
1: Future 2.
0: Back to the Future 2, yeah. You get you get good sequels, you get good sequels. Everyone knows the sequels are famously better than the originals, and that's the lame we're going to
2: stick with. Um, so, yeah, welcome this back This is why like Kevin's
1: MC. here and not Andre.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the new character to freshen it up, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, the yeah, one that we eventually all boycott and said, we're done with it, so Andre is back. <laughs>
0: Uh, yes, we would like to do a quick shout out to um Toronto Transit, I guess, to start this off with. Andre unfortunately can't be here because of um those lovely people. There's um there's a train delay, I believe. That's what we're going that's our story. We're gonna stick with it. But we've uh,
2: brought in a substitute here, um, Mr. Kevin. How are you doing, sir? Not bad, feeling good coming off the bench here.
1: Super, yeah. super sub, super, super sub, super, super sub, super subby Kevin.
2: Yeah. Can you ban
1: us in a call like Claren did today? Can you do
2: that for us? Exactly, I'm going back post for
0: you. (laughs) I love it. Michael's dating this already because I have to put in a quick disclaimer here, ladies and gentlemen. This is our last 16 preview, but a combination of factors, mostly me having to get quite a bit of dental work done um, between now and the middle of February means that we basically have to do these now because I'm not going to be able to talk for about 10 days. So (laughs) We just want to put a disclaimer out there that as at time of recording it is january 29th so if we mention any players playing for certain teams and they've moved on well don't say we didn't warn you you know we're not we can't tell the future it's
1: <laughs> um, moving on and we yeah. yeah so
0: like say if davies gets signed by like i i don't know southampton or something in the next couple of days a couple of days or uh, michael might
1: kill himself you know
0: <laughs> It's something sinister happens, like COVID. COVID twenty nine comes around. Like just a, we're, we are recording this a little bit early. Yeah. We just wanted to put that out there. I'm well, gonna we're raised
1: keep, the day before the round of sixteen. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We, I'm gonna try and keep this on track as much as possible. Now and to we, we, we're gonna begin with a, we're gonna begin with a recap. Um, we're we're all in a fun mood. Everything's lighthearted. So keeping the spirit of that, we're going to start off with um, Scott Arfield, who played for Rangers in the Champions in the Champions League this um this campaign. Just there, was the first time Rangers win the Champions League, um, in their history or twelve years, depending on your point of view. <laughs> um, to be honest, when it comes to my notes for Rangers, I don't know what you guys got, but. I have down... um, So Rangers lost uh, 4-0 to Ajax. They lost 3-0 to Napoli. They lost 2-0 to Liverpool. Scott Offield did open the scoring in their second game against Liverpool at Ibrox. They would then go on to concede seven goals. (laughs) They then lost 3-0 to Napoli and then 3-1 to Ajax to uh, officially become the worst team in Champions League history in terms of zero points Lack of goals scored and the abundance of goals conceded, uh, gentlemen. Scott Allen in the Champions League. We should. Who wants to put the first button? Uh,
2: I'm going to try my hardest not to be smug as a Celtic fan talking about Scott Ralfield's, uh Champions I think League. I've let the cat
0: out of the bag. That's <laughs> okay.
2: I think you have, but uh, I mean. Scott Arfield playing, just getting experience in the Champions League. Anybody who's played for Canada getting experience in the Champions League is a big deal, and being able to score on the big stage. Like I know he didn't have the support to go with it, but it, it's no joke to get to put your name in the mark in the in the book, uh, playing for Champions League teams, right? So the,
0: the most respect I guess you can get is when an opposition fan says a player is annoying, and yep. like I will get to Scott Scott Arfield's credit, I do find him annoying. He does seem to have a habit of like. Yeah, yeah, but he does have a habit of like of um, scoring goals, particularly in big games, like yes. in in Europe and in um, against Celtic. Um, yeah, obviously his time in the international team is an international team has passed. I think, especially at his age, there's no going back on that. But right. like, I mean, we can claim as Canadian, a Canadian scored, another Canadian scored in the Champions League. Um, rather, he played for anybody else, but like, you know, it went it went a certain way that we can agree with. We're happy with.
1: Love. <laughs> yes. Look here, I've said it before on the podcast, I am a huge Scott Arfield fan. He's been one of my favorite players for Canada for years. When he stopped playing, I felt it in my heart. When he went to Rangers, I didn't care. I actually liked them better in Burnley. <laughs> but when he scored that goal against Liverpool, I mean, everyone was talking about it. until Liverpool smashed all those other <laughs> goals. And then it kind of well. like, well, that was sad. Um but I mean it went with it went with the story of Liverpool right now, right? It's like when Arfield scored out, they're like, oh well Liverpool's being Liverpool right now. Um look I, again I love Arfield. I hate to see him go out the way he did Rangers were a minus twenty in the <sighs> deep stage. But I mean that's that I mean you guys could correct me if I'm wrong, I don't watch you guys league, but that's Scottish football for you these days. You guys don't do well. Really.
0: Well they did in get champions. That at all.
1: I mean, yeah, sure. You can you look at Europa, where Rangers went to the finals last year. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, no, it, it sucks. I mean, I've, I've said this for a while. Like when when I talk to anyone who's not really familiar with European football, I'm like, you guys don't understand what Rangers and Celtic used to be. These guys used to be the big dogs. The only problem is, is money didn't go to Scotland when it went to everywhere else in Europe, and you guys get feel- left behind.
0: Yeah, I, I do feel like you're trying to bait me into um, standing up for Rangers at this point. So moving on to Club Bruges. <laughs>
1: you got me. You got me. My point is, thank you, Scott Airfield. I love you. We'll see you again with the Rangers, and or sorry, with Rangers. God forbid I put the door in front of us
0: <laughs> Like you're talking about, like teams that come from like sort of like lower leagues, who may yeah. not have the same financial power as yeah. as the other big leagues. But you look at Club Bruges, they, they were mm. the top four team. You look at the group they were in. Atletico Madrid, Bayer Leverkusen, FC Porto. Like it would have been easy to look at that when the group when the draw was made and go, okay, they're not going to do anything of that. They're going to finish bottom. I, but, I mean, well, it's easy to say that now, but like, so like Club Roseworth, I would say probably the surprise package of the entire last of the entire group stage, especially the way they started as well. They started like a house on fire. Mm.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not going to disagree with you on that point, but as the groups are set, that group could have went any other way. In all honesty, I, that, second, that second spot could have went any other way. I think most people will put Atletico Madrid first, 100%, but I think Club Rouge could challenge Porto and Berluscon on any given night, in all honesty.
0: I think Atletico Madrid are a team that from a distance you see the name yes. and think that they would win that group if you pay attention to them. And it's funny to say it's because they've effectively molded in his image, like he has transformed the club. But the club has outgrown Diego Simeone. He plays, oh. um, it's obviously like he plays like very negative football, creates a siege mentality. But you look at the players they've signed in recent times, like Lamar and, um, Jael Felix, they're trying to sign like these great players who are good footballers. But the Diego Simeone system isn't designed for that to flourish. It's too pragmatic still. Mm. And football is moving on for that, particularly those top-level teams like Atletico Madrid. They're trying to play like a sort of tier two team in Europe when they are clearly a tier one team and they have the expectations of playing in tier one. And it's like, it doesn't quite mesh anymore. But um, yeah, like so Club Berrug, so Club Berrug, they pick, they very comfortably got to second place. It turned out won three games, drawn one to finish second. You know the Bet portal four nil in Portugal, unbeaten against Galatico Madrid. And the games um, Buchanan played in. To be honest, guys, I don't have Kyle in stats because like a he's gone and b yeah. like, was he was he really in Bruges? Really, <laughs> so, <I> mean, exactly.
1: <laughs> technically, yes. I mean, he has. Well, how many games were Bruges? I'd say off the top of my head,
0: eight. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Not a big uh, impact. So, yeah,
0: Buch- but Buchanan did have a big impact. He picked up five points in the games he played. He played very well in those athletic games. Like What like really got my attention was he was really great in def- in defense as well, like at getting back in those supporting runs. Like, then the second game, for example, when he goes and wins a penalty, that move starts in, a- in Bruce's box. Buchanan's there, and he ends up in athletic's box yeah. to win what I thought should have been a penalty that far, unfortunately overturned. Obviously, he had the assist in that second game game as well, where um they beat they beat Atletico, they beat Atletico Madrid two 0 and yeah, it was just very impressive. Like, but the guy we're going to talk about next, I think, has been Canada's best player, but certainly most improved wow. in the last six months. But like the cannon, I would definitely say is probably set, probably secondly. Like, he's went from a guy who's playing for a team in the MLS. That not many outside North America probably would have heard of or really knew about him. But then you see how he's done with Bruges and the Champions League and domestically. And even the World Cup, he carried this form fantastically into the World Cup, I thought. I thought he was one of Canada's best players. And it's going to be really exciting like what the future holds for him, I think.
2: I agree with that. It, every every opportunity he gets to play on a big stage, like he was with the, the under-23 team too, right? And was the standout player yeah, for Canada yeah. there. And then he gets a shot at Bruges and takes that. Well, that's
1: that. got his name with.
2: with yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, he made his name there. And then each step, he, he seems to be grabbing it with two hands. And, and I, I really, yeah, I agree. I was really impressed with his defensive play um, for Bruges in Champions League. But he can play... He, Having him as a winger and getting him to play the defined role and be that uh, advanced guy, I think he's going to do a lot of great things out there. And I'm really excited to see how much he grows. But the next guy we talk about, I think is going to be even bigger. But this guy has really taken his opportunity. And I'm not surprised that Buchanan is, is – we're being talked about so highly right now.
1: Exactly. Oh, no. For sure. Like Buchanan, I'd say in a year or two, is in a bigger club. Without, oh. without a doubt. Like after of the World Cup, he was getting a lot of interest. Possible England moves. Possible – top five leagues in Europe moves. And he'll be there soon. Buchanan's honestly right. remem- reminded me a lot of Alexander Johnson. I mean, mm-hmm. just just the potential. These guys are showing it day in and day out. Like, I know, Paul, this might hurt you. But Johnson's <laughs> not going to be with you guys long. I, Kevin, too, sorry. I just learned you're such a fan. And if he's not, that means he's done Johnson's really well. Johnson's not so. going to be with you guys for too long. Um, just to touch back on the Carol Iron as well. Like, Carol Iron was part of this team. During these uh, the first group stay uh the first stages of this tournament, now he's moved on. Obviously, um, by the way, I said eight games; it was nine. I wow. I thought I, I got pretty close with that. <laughs> I'm bad. pretty
0: Not sure. Bad. I'm pretty sure during just one World Cup game, I've seen him in more commercials than he made appearances for Peruvian on TSN. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly.
1: Um, I, I am a, I'm a decent fan with Carl Iron. He's a guy that had to win me over. I hated him for a period of time. <laughs> I thought he was wasteful. I thought he was useful. I used to sorry but you know what, he got his life together, he got his act together, and showed up for Canada, and that that really got our respect. And then he made this move to Bruges, and a lot of people were like, oh, this was a waste, like it just didn't go his way. And honestly, it's early in his La Liga days, but <laughs> I mean, even, before, even before this – That's move, time though, of
0: recording.
2: Yeah, time <laughs> if, of recording.
1: <laughs> even though before this move, though, I felt like there was always something like – he just never fit in there, and it almost came clear as day very soon when he wasn't a regular starter. When he was rarely getting subbed, it, it was always a concern of us going out into the World Cup. Right? Was Levin going to get minutes? And I don't know if his manager. I don't like a lot of time you hear of boards getting involved with signings. Right? Oh, this guy's only here. The manager doesn't want him, but the board wants him, and that's why managers don't play these players. Whatever it is, we don't know the Carolina star. Maybe we'll find out someday. But Club Rouge, I really hope to see a, a, a deep run. Unfortunately, Cal Iron won't be there with uh, Buchanan, but Buchanan's been exciting. He's fun. I love the guy. I want to see him go. I remember talking to, can't remember who it was. I think it was my dad. And he's like, and my dad's an English guy, so he's watching England, but he paid attention to Canada and he's like, I Buchanan's going somewhere. Fuck Davies, fuck David, but Buchanan, <laughs> he's going somewhere. <laughs>
0: you know who else your dad, you know dad would have mentioned, would have uh, noticed? hmm Mr. Stefan Eustachio, who plays for Porto, and guys, Actually, shit. I think
1: he was working the day of his game, and he didn't play much more after that, so I can't tell you.
0: Thanks, Michael, for ruining the transition there. But, if we're talking about guys who are impressed in the Champions League, and have just impressed like recent, recently, like since this season started, 2022-2023, I will die on the hill when I say Eustachio has been the best Canadian men's player so far this season. I mm-hmm. think what what he's done at Porto has been like, has been nothing short of ridiculous. Yeah. Like, he, um so he played in all six games for Porto in this campaign. They won four of the six. Same group as Bruges. So they played Bruges. They managed to get revenge on Bruges for that first game. They got a 3-0 win in Belgium. They played Atletico as well and also Bayer Leverkusen, you know, just for adding the sake that I'll mention them all again. Yeah. So he's plays all six games, great midfield performances. Like I said, they're going up against Atletico Madrid. They've got good midfielders in there. Like they're top of, one of the top teams in La Liga. Bayer Leverkusen as well. No monks as well playing in, in the Bundesliga. And we've also seen what Club Brus can do. He chips in with two goals and there's two good goals as well as two opportunistic goals of him running into the box, particularly that, um, um that one against Athletic Madrid, you watch it back, like he just appears in the camera, you don't really associate him with like you have this he's kinda of been like um just boxed in as like, oh he's a defensive he's a defensive midfielder, he'll break stuff up and he's got a good delivery. But like you could honestly like make a case at this point that you is the best good of a midfielder at the moment. Um we we talk about Laren there, like he hasn't got much game time at Bruges. and It's funny because you would have been able to say the same about Eustachio um, last yeah. season. Like he went there on he went there on loan from Pacos, barely made an appearance, and he just gets like his breakout game in Port and for Porto earlier on, and he's not missed a game since out with suspension or injury. They um, they just played tackles the tacos da Liga, the Portuguese equivalent of the League Cup. There he scores what turned out to be the winning goal in that against sporting Lisbon. Like This guy mm-hmm. is just came out of, I don't want to say out of nowhere, because we all knew he had this in him, Like watching him for Canada. Came out of nowhere, and I think it's been, like he's definitely one of the best midfielders in Portugal right now, like, without saying he's won multiple um, Player of the Week awards there, but anyway like, I could genuinely do this all day. Stop <laughs> me. What do you guys take over?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's Ryan Gold 2.0 over here. Um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll jump right in there with Pulse you I'm, guys I'm, Pulse I'm, guys I... are Ryan gold set funny like
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I, I agree with you like, watching his play with with Canada, we all knew what he had in the tank like we were it was amazing to get him on the side like somebody on playing the in it. It come, yeah, coming from a European league, it didn't even matter what team you're on. It was just like having that kind of skill set coming over from there. But his growth has just been exponential, right? Like just seeing him, like you said, like going on, playing for, getting on a big team like Porto. And then we were worried he wasn't going to get game time, which is always our concern. We want guys playing on big teams, but we worry that they're actually going to get game time. And he forced himself into the team and he's playing big games, doing big things, scoring big goals to win. Like you said, their league cup. It's just, it's, it's phenomenal. Cause it's, it, like you said, you want to say he came out of nowhere because his rise has been so swift. Mm-hmm. But you could see it coming from the first time he stepped onto a pitch for Canada. You knew this guy was going to be a difference maker, and it was a massive get by Herdman to get him to commit to us oh, to come over it. and play. And and you know, there's no looking back for this guy, in my opinion.
1: Probably the probably the biggest guy he decided he was able to convince to come over. Like, well, he absolutely, he was one of those guys. Sorry, what?
0: Oh, well, I
2: just said absolutely. Yeah.
1: Oh sorry. Um was talking is definitely one of those guys where you if he doesn't come to Canada, you wonder where we're at. And he, he's a guy who could easily said, no, I'm I'm not interested. Like I correct me if I'm wrong, but his ties aren't strong with Canada. He he could've been fighting for Portugal easily.
0: He left um Canada like as a child. Yeah.
1: So and to Portugal, right? So like his ties to Portugal have been a lot stronger. If he decided to be like, I don't want to play for Canada. I want to play for Portugal. And I guarantee in three to four years, Portugal's going to wish they had him. Because we all, I think, correct me if you guys disagree, but he's going to move on from Porto. And Porto is probably the biggest team in the world who's able to move players to bigger teams. The only team I can think of otherwise is Benfica. Those two are... Amazing at bringing players to bigger leagues. Unfortunately, the rest of the Portuguese league can't do the same. So, when it comes to Rustacchio, great player, best thing Herman ever fucking did.
2: (laughs) I'm
1: sorry, Paul, you're cutting out. I don't know what you're saying. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that you're talking about Sporting Lisbon just by the stripes, the hoops that you're uh, wearing. Sorry, the hoops are. I mean, <laughs> think that you're going for Sporting Lisbon there, and uh, no, I don't agree too. Like the Portuguese league, the only thing for Eustachio is I think that Portuguese team obviously internationally is super stacked, and there's new people coming up every day. So yeah. I know you could probably look at Canada as being like a you know this is a guarantee I'm going to, and especially with us having the World Cup at home, it's yeah. a guarantee that he's like, going to be um... playing there. <laughs>
1: yeah, fucking all your wi shit. Paul.
2: As if you didn't know.
1: This is who we give the host to. Holy shit! <laughs> I hope he's laughing with us.
2: I hope he knows that we're really on his side.
1: Um <laughs> uh, While he tries to connect, I I do agree. Like. Ustakiu, I think he'll be in the top five league in Europe very shortly. I'd be surprised if he something similar to David. Uh, he's not moves or, or David and Buchanan, sorry, because David's already in the top five league, but I think David won't go higher. Similar to Buchanan, I'd be I'm shocked if he's not in the top five European league in the next two to three years. I'd be amazed.
2: Agreed. Agreed. And uh, I don't know if – I, I mean, I think he's got that, that kind of talent, obviously. And we're going to talk about some other guys that have that kind of skill set, too. But he, he I think is again, just to reiterate, he's just done it so quickly yep. that I think it seems like a shock. But from the first time seeing him on a pitch with Canada, he was amazing. You know the best thing about
1: him, though, in Porto? Is Porto is so stacked. Ustakio can't take a week to have a bad week. And yes. If he wants to see constant game time, you need to be at the top of your game. Because of one bad week. And we've seen it. We've yeah. seen him start five in a row and to be benched. Does he come on as a sub? Maybe. But right. it's not 90, 60 minutes. He's maybe gained 10 minutes after a bad game, 20 minutes after a bad game.
2: You know, what, and he, that's a good point you make. Too. It's such a fine line for the Canadian players right now. If you're looking at, um, we were just talking about Kyle Larin and how yeah. it didn't work out for him and Bruges. But it's so important to go for those teams and push yourself because you're getting pushed and getting better by even just by training with those guys. And exactly. then getting into those game moments. But then the risk, then the flip side of that is, though, you have a bad run and they've got a bunch of guys who can who can do the job. So Well, sorry.
1: that's why I constantly defend uh, Rich Lauea. That's mm. because I don't give a shit. You can bash him all he wants for going to Forest, but day in and day out, he was practicing with better players in the MLS. Did it work exactly. out? Right now, no. But he's still under contract. Who knows what will happen?
0: Yeah, exactly. You got to take. Yeah, those we don't chances. know what the we don't know what the future holds with Richie Larea There's playing more. at um, <laughs> fullbacks there, but um we do know what the immediate future for another fullback for Canada looks like um. Mr. Ladies and Gentlemen, we saved the best for last. You know the big, the big star, the big fish, and all this, Mr. Alfonso Davies. Like this, some of the, these stats I'm about to tell you for his um, classic, his group stage campaign are like mesmerizing. So Bayern wins six games out of six in a group containing Inter Milan, Barcelona, and Pilsen. And um, they in the games that, in the game that Davy, in the games that Davies played, Davies played in five of the six. They did not concede a goal. Wow! Like they played Barcelona and Milan, you know, the other team, right. and like they didn't concede a they didn't concede a goal. You think like Sorry. Barcelona obviously aren't the team that they were, but they still got like they've still got like fire, they've still got firepower up there. They're still a very dangerous team. Like they got Pedri, Gavi, Lewandowski. <laughs> Yeah. Dembele, they're still very dangerous players. there. And Inter Milan as well. Obviously, like they've got Jekyll, Martinez, Denzel Dumfries. They've got dangerous players too. So the fact they didn't concede a goal, it's very telling. Uh, a lot of people like they uh, look Paul? at Davies.
1: Paul, uh, I'm I'm looking at the stats now. They they scored 18, but was a plus 16. They conceded two.
0: Yeah, and games that Davies didn't play.
1: Oh, Davies, sorry. I'll yeah, shut I'm saying.
2: Thanks, Mike.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Michael. Anyway,
2: I think the main thing here is the support of the podcast is very important here. Yeah, yeah. You guys got each other's backs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm done. I'll shut up. You guys have fun.
0: Debbie's (laughs) also managed to get like an assist in this campaign as well. But I think the most telling part is um, during this um, group stage campaign, he made his 24th UEFA Champions League appearance, which now makes him the all time holder for Canadian men with UEFA Champions League appearances. It it the, the, what the stat tells me is like how far Canada has came in such a short spell of time. The fact that number is, without sounding too disparaging, twenty four appearances, like that num. I feel like we're it's not gonna be long before another Canadian passes that as well. Whoever it is, I don't know at this point, but like I don't think Davies is going to be the last, the only player to hit that number. The number that Davies can hit there can like. It can be doubled, honestly, at least like at least doubles So that's just a really cool. That's just a really cool landmark as as well to have. Like, it's scary to think as well that Davies is only twenty. Is only twenty two. Like, there's that's still the so much part. to go. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, like his age. With at his age, he's got so far to go. And like you said, like it's not like he's gonna go to lesser teams. Like. He's in that stratosphere now, so you know whether he plays continues to play for Bayern a lot longer or whether he moves on to like a, a Real Madrid or something, he's always going to be in the conversation now for Champions League games, right? So, and at that, like you said, and at that age, like what an inspiration for the the guys coming behind him to see a guy that's already played the most games in the history for a Canadian player, and he's you know 22. That's it's nuts
0: exactly there's gently like, you could gently make an argument um well, well, maybe it's, it's probably a podcast another day to say like he's already at this point um the best men's football Canada's like developed and like we said you know like he's he's barely old enough to drink in the states <laughs> right <laughs> it's just it's incredible to have such a talented such a talented um, Canadian player and it's um all, all all the credit goes to him for like achieving that for himself and like being able to play for Bayern Munich like he's not just there for the sake of it like he is starting. He's there on. He's there on merit. You know, if, if it wasn't good enough, he obviously wouldn't, obviously wouldn't be there. Like I said, they played these games against big teams, and he's going to be playing games against even bigger teams like going forward. But before we get to that, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special ad break for you. So pay attention to this one and listen up. I think you're going to like what you're going to hear.
3: Hey, ball boys and girls. Thanks for checking out the sponsor of today's episode, Manscaped. Manscaped is a shaving company that specializes in premier products with great pricing and fantastic customer service. And how do we know about that last one? Well, they sent us over some products to try out. And between the Performance Package 4.0, the Beard Hedger, and then the Weed Whacker, I've fallen in love. I may not be the hairiest man, but I can tell you right now, what I do have to shave is a little sensitive from time to time. So making sure you can get a close, comfortable shave while maintaining a good quality product And honestly, battery life, really important for me because I'm really forgetful. And the last thing I want to do is run out of the house kind of scraggly when I'm late for something. So if you want to kind of take part in our shaving revolution, which I don't know why you wouldn't, one of the things you can do is go on over to Manscaped and use our promo code FC13 for 20% off, as well as free shipping. Thank you guys so much at Manscaped for jumping in with us. And by using it, not only are you helping us podcast. But you're actually going to be getting a product that we all, all of us kind of love here at FC 13 and 13th Man Sports because we've all either already owned them or we've gotten some now and we've just become diehards and it's kind of hard to change in anything else. So between the Weed Whacker and I had the box for the Beard Hedger, which I mean, I may not get as much use here, but I can tell you now from every little bit that I do get, it is fantastic. So if you want to join it, make sure to use that promo code FC 13. And stick around for the rest of the episode, guys.
0: And welcome back to the second half of this UEFA Champions League Last 16 podcast special. So, I guess enough putting it off. We talked about the group stages. We talked about talked about all that muck. Like I gotta say, that feels like it happened about ten years ago. See, because of the World Cup being there. Like I like I had to look a lot of this stuff up. I forgot like what half these groups ended up being like. It was just such a long time ago, but we're we're finally here. So <laughs> first game, um, we're going to talk about Bayern Munich versus PSG. We're going to blow a heavyweight load early on this one. What a what a draw! I feel like Bayern Munich oh. always get these ties like they always yeah. they top their group and they always get like the stupid draw against like a Liverpool or a Manchester City or a Real Madrid. They never seem to get the easy last sixteen tie. I feel like they always mm. seem to get the tough one, but more often than not, they seem to they seem to win them. Like they're a yeah. Bayern Munich are a strange yeah. are a strange team. The fact that, like, yes, they play in a they play in what seems like a very easy league. Although at time of recording, they are in much more of a title fight than they'd want to be at the moment. Come on, yes. Berlin! <laughs> come, <laughs> fucking come on, anybody? Honestly, yeah, but, uh, actually,
1: something honestly, new. honestly, as a Canadian. It's hard to fight against that because you want to see Davies win it. But you also want to see Berminia lose it. And Union Berlin is so fucking close right now. It's not even funny.
0: <laughs> well, the thing is, well, as well as them, PSG are also in a similar situation. Again, you know? this is all I got to keep using my favorite disclaimer of this episode. Time of recording. Well, I know it could be 12 points. But like, at time of recording, they don't have the gap in league and League on the this thing as well. So it's two kind of very similar teams in that sense. No. Um, I PSG, you can't... I'm very curious about them, like, um, how the world, the the total the World Cup's going to have, like, you have Lionel Messi, who is now free of that pressure of winning a World Cup, like, is he either going to be on a holiday now, basically, or is he going to have, like, a sort of new lease of life? The one thing left to win, the pressure's off for it, so, like, I feel like we might be able to see the best of him, alongside, then, what could be, like, a very pissed off Mbappe, who, like, he wants to, now he's, because, like, same sort of situation to Messi back there he's done everything except Mm -hmm. win the Champions League this has been the bane of PSG's existence since the investment they've not won it and I feel like this is one of the best chances they've had because of the form those guys are in right now and yeah I agree it's certainly a scary proposition for Davies like the attacking talent that PSG have it's like uncanny yeah
1: it's not not looking good Um, (laughs) PSG like you said not won Champions League they have Three of potentially the best players in the world with Messi, Mbappe, and Neymar. It does not look good for Munich. And Bayern Munich, if you look at the recent results, today's date of filming, <laughs> are not good. They've drawn like four out of the last five, then like five, the fifth one they lost or some shit. They, they haven't looked good. Um, I want to see Bayern Munich win this solely because of Davies. But at the same time, I, I don't know. I, I don't think PSG is letting this one go. Neymar, I do, I'm sorry, not Neymar Messi. I do not agree. He's not going to be on a slumber. He's He just won the World Cup and he wants to bring his first trophy to PSG. I think, I think the only thing.
0: I think right? he's too professional for that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. He, he's way too professional and he takes way too much pride in these trophies because he knows it's the trophies that talk at the end of the day. And um, at the end of the day, what pisses me off is if we have a PSG Man City final. Uh, <laughs> I don't want that for God. I, both teams have never won it. I don't the want oil I mean, the oil classical,
2: the oil classical,
1: the oil classical, or the loser classical. We even call it because they've never won shit in this fucking <laughs> Europe. In Europe, um, even though that was to happen. I I will root for PSG like, hundred percent. Right? I don't
0: want to talk about Bayern and this as if they're like some plucky underdog though, because and they're and really right. Right. Like, it's just Like it's Joshua, hard. Joshua, See, Kem, yeah. Joshua Kimmich, Coleman, Müller, Sane, Chippa Moting, Nadre, Manni <laughs> might be back as well.
2: Like <laughs> Manny sure. might be back too. Yeah, I, I this team, I a agree. psychological
0: edge over PSG as well. Like PSG are the new money kid trying to prove mm-hmm. themselves still to these old money teams yeah, like been doing Real it for Madrid. Years. And Bayern yeah. Munich, and they've still not, they've still not achieved that. I agree. Like, yeah, I. But the one thing I will say about Bayern Munich is obviously a uh, Manuel Neuer sent it to hard going skiing. So you wonder like what they're like at the back right now. I know they do have like some good goalkeeper options there, but it's not yeah. Manuel Neuer. So you wonder what they're looking like there. So there's there's extra pressure on Davies in that sense. Like he could be going up against one of Neymar, Messi, and Those three. He can like All basically free. swap over at any point, and if that wasn't right. bad enough, if that wasn't bad enough, you've got Akimi as well at fullback. He plays at right back, so he's going to be on Davies' side of the field as well. Like, there's a lot that there's a lot that Davies is going to have to potentially deal with in this. And honestly, I'm excited to see it. I want to see yeah. it. It the best.
1: Think of it this way. You guys talk about oil, and PSG struck oil, and eventually it's going it, to. When you hit oil, it goes up. It goes up, it goes up, and it's still going. PSG has not stopped going up. Eventually, mm. they will hit their peak and win this trophy. Same for Man City. Eventually, it is going to happen.
0: That's a very interesting point, there, Jason Kenny. Thank
1: you, thank you. <laughs> you know, you gotta score more goals to win games, right? So, uh, again, if I want Bayern Munich to win solely because of Davies, but um, I, I, I don't feel good about it personally.
2: Yep. I, yeah. That momentum rolling off of a World Cup and like you said, having Mbappe there with like a chip on his shoulder because of the final, like those two guys just alone are going to be carrying so much into these games. So I really like them to go places. But I, like you said before, Bayern Munich's being been here, done that, right? So there's, you can't disrespect them and just think like because of the talent on the other side, it's, it's going to be a done deal or because they're not playing so well in the league. That might even push them forward to, to get up for these big games it must be hard year after year after year um, staying on top of your league for, even though we think it's like a, an easier league, obviously. Um, but I'm sure there's a little bit of, I don't want to say boredom because they are all professionals, but you get up for games like this, like this, it looks like a final in the first round oh, of the I'm knockouts. Sure. Right. So it's I don't right. think, I don't think Byern's coming into that game, not being at the top of their game, ready to go. And I'm really excited to see how Davies takes on this attack Defending these guys is going to be crazy, but one of the best things he can do to help his defense is what he does going forward as well, right? Keep them on their back, on their heels as well a little bit. Exactly. So before we move
0: on, just a, just a quick answer. Uh, who's going to win this tie, PSG or Biomedic?
2: Okay, I'll go with... I think PSG is going to pull it out. I think it's going to be really exciting, but I think PSG is going to pull it out.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I'm the same. I, I really do want Davies to go get a second title, but I don't think it's going to happen this year.
2: I do think the
0: difference in the fact that like Bayern Munich are going to be playing with a reserve goalkeeper. Yeah. If Manny is back, I don't think he's going to be exactly fully firing either. And yeah, I just I, I feel like this is going to be the time that PSG do take Bayern Munich's scalp. Um, I I think it's going to be close. I don't think it's going to. I, I think Davis is going to play well, or certainly Holmes yeah. is going to play well. But I also think PSG are going to advance. Yay. Okay,
1: another so, form. I think I may lean more towards them, but they're not. They've been struggling. So yeah. well, speaking
0: of two teams that have been struggling. So we have got Porto and Inter Milan up next. The reason I mention this is because if you look at the Portuguese league and you look at the Italian league, both teams are well off that type the title pace. Like in Portugal, it looks like at time of recording a foregone conclusion that Benfica are going to win it. And Italy, you know, when the league is not self destructing, it looks as if Napoli is going to be the team that goes on to win it. Right. So, this is very much these two teams' see, season in terms of like, this is the best they can achieve. They're not going to win their leagues. This is it. And um, Inter Milan, big team, but like they've kind of like fought, they fell off a cliff in the last decade after winning the Champions League. I believe if they win this tie against Porto, it's the first time they've reached the last eight since 2011. Wow. And Porto as well. Porto as well is obviously they have got to the quarterfinals eight more times recently than you think they have but they're a team as well who like it always kind of feels like not a bonus but like somewhat of a surprise when they get to the last eight and I think this is a more winnable tie than it looks on paper I fancy Porto in this a lot more than historically you'd put these two teams up against each other with if you know what I mean
2: yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And I I think it's a little bit for me, it's the Astacchio high that I'm on as well. Um, <laughs> but but definitely.
1: Well, what was that, a- Paul? <laughs>
2: <laughs> but this is like a winnable. Like, as far as these things go, like, this is a winnable match, right? Like, this mm-hmm. is. They're not like outclassed at least. It's not something that sh- should be a shock if it happens. Um, and as you said, things in Italy are always a little bit exciting and crazy and wild. So you never know what's going to happen with their teams. So I really do like Porto's chances. And, and like you said, they get. This far, it surprises you. You don't think that this team gets as far as they do. They seem like, weirdly enough, they seem like a smaller side when you start talking about this. But they're not. They're historically a big team, right? And and this is not a, a hill too big for them, especially this year with the way that they're playing. um Not in their league, but in big games like the the final and with guys yeah. coming off of the the World Cup and stuff like that on highs. I think they've got a real chance to pull what what is kind of a minor upset here. I think.
1: Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. I'll be I'll be rooting for Porto, but I feel like. It's still like it's still a, a mountain to climb. I feel like it's very fifty-fifty. It could go either way, but that's that's honestly what Champions League is. Mm-hmm. When you get the best of the best, it's flip a fucking coin. In all honesty, <laughs> I, except when Liverpool played Tottenham in the final, we all knew Liverpool was winning that, right? I mean, in all our Spurs right? thing, really? What? Huh? <laughs> even Spurs fans knew they fucking knew. Kane may score one or two or three or four, but they're still losing five to four. Um, (laughs) uh, Look, I I think Porto is, I think the Portuguese league, not just Porto, is on a big rise, but they've been on that rise for the last 20, 30 years. And I said that earlier, like the Portuguese league is brilliant talent. But again, I honestly, when it comes to Porto and Milan, I'm flipping a coin. Mm-hmm. And it's a flip and i'm going without if i'm putting my money on it because it could go either way
0: one, but thing, I'm um, Porto. one thing i'm looking forward to is i've tried to look at who you start going to be up against in the middle of that midfield into milan and my findings have been i don't have a fucking clue because you go <laughs> through the you go through the lineups and the midfield changes all the time the guys who they play a lot teams be tallahala gagliardini um Henrik and a certain player who I'm really interested in seeing him going up against a uh, Croatian midfielder called Brozovic. Ooh. I'm really, Ooh. I'm okay. really interested in seeing that midfield battle done right. I want to see Eustachio get revenge for the fact that he had to come off at time <laughs> in that game. Right. He wasn't really, it wasn't as fit. I feel like f- if he gets a little,
1: red, I applaud it.
0: <laughs> I, I feel like if Eustachio was full, is fully fit for that game, plays the whole game, Canada probably come out with a much better score than four. 4- than four one, so I'm really looking forward to seeing that reve- that revenge game. Oh, like obviously, it's not all about that, but like if Eustachio can like get the better of to that midfield, it'll be great to see. And because in- Paul, cause if,
1: you yep. work in media, because you're giving me a head of a storyline.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Something the um, screen,
1: baby. Let's go.
0: Well, I'm not done yet. Like the Milan, they said they are a very talented, very talented team. They beat AC Milan three nil recently and the Super Italia, which is the Italian club, the community shield, like whether whether or not that's something you think would be taken seriously, at the end of the day, they yeah. had to play AC they had to play AC Milan. It's still a rivalry game. Like if you yeah. get, you know, if you're playing AC Milan and get into Milan, you go in to win that game no matter what the context is, and they yeah. won that game 3-0 with relative ease. This is a team that has Denzel Dumfries, one of the best young fullbacks in Europe. They've got Laturo Martinez, the second coming of Gonzalo Higuain. <laughs> We've got Edin Dzeko, who's still, he's still scoring goals. at least seems yeah. to be a good level for him. Incredibly, you can still find him. And honestly, we mentioned all those midfield options there as well. So we've got Handanovic in the back. He's been a great goalkeeper, fantastic serve, fantastic server for Inter Milan. Some players at Porto have got on the team as well that be looking to do well for them as Uribe, Artavio, Galero, Tarimi. And amazingly, speaking of people you can still find, I don't know how this guy is still going. It must just be the spite that's showing him. Pepe is still playing for Porto. <laughs> no, he's not. Yeah, so the, the Pepe you think I'm talking about is the exact one who's still playing for Porto, and he gets the game.
1: Well, I thought he went to Turkey or some shit.
0: Oh, well, no, he's be, he's, he plays for Porto still. <laughs> <laughs> so, he's going to have to be really good to cover for, like, a 41-year-old defender in the back. It, so, it's all so about that's...
1: experience. So well, that said, so, um, here
0: we go. So here we go again, Michael. You kick us off, but Porto or Inter Milan?
1: Like I said, I'm flipping a coin. But lucky for you, my coin lands on heads, and heads is Porto. Let's go, <laughs> <and> Stakio, baby.
2: <laughs> yep, no doubt. I'm going for it, there too. I think this is again. I I might just be a little bit too optimistic because everything Canadian, but uh, I think this is a real shot that they can. It's not a team that's too big for them, and I think they can handle it. And I think their midfield uh, lines up pretty well.
0: Yeah, I feel like on paper, even like looking at the teams today, not looking at them in a historical context, you should be into Milan, but just the way they've been playing this sea the way they've been playing this season, they'd be very janky. I think the fact that the second game is gonna be in Portugal as well is gonna be a mass it's gonna be a massive help. Obviously there's Norway goal rule as well, so um if it goes to extra time post or playing with house money the whole time, don't have to worry about Inter Milan scoring, I think that's a huge factor. Yeah. I my gut feeling tells me Porto. This is, if anything, the biggest compliment to Stefan Stankiewicz is he's making me begrudgingly like Porto, which um, as a Celtic fan is like a cardinal sin. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Dad. But <laughs> speaking of um, Portuguese teams, I guess we'll um, move on to the final tie: Bruges versus Benfica. Everything we've been saying about Porto so far basically times that by three, and that's how good Benfica have been this season. Holy shit, boys! Nope. Like. They have yeah. absolutely dominated Portuguese football. The group they were in in the Champions League it featured Juventus and PSG, and Benfica topped the group. Yeah, Benfica topped that group. Incredible, incredible stuff. You look at the talent love they to have, see and love to they see group, look at the talent. And I know we've said it a million times, but I can't stress it enough for this part. Knowing what happens to Benfica and their players anytime they're good, that's time of recording. <laughs> <laughs> This is a team that's got Gonzalo Ramos, Jaume, Jaume Mario, um, Luis, Rafa Silva, Nicolas Otamendi, Enzo Hernandez at time of recording. <laughs> like, this is, a, this is what, probably the best Benfica side since it got to that Europe those back-to-back Europa League finals in the early 2010s. Um, it's funny. On paper, Club Bruges might be looking at this as the best case scenario in terms of a draw. Okay. But this Benfica team are legitimately very dangerous. And if I, like, Bruges have done well to get this far. We've talked about Buchanan a lot. And I feel like we might be, like, this may be an anticlimactic ending, but, like, I can't see anything other than Benfica winning this tie. I think they've just been far too strong this season.
1: Yeah, unfortunately. I, I do have to agree with you. Buchanan I love, and I love to see Buchanan go from League One Ontario to Champions League holder. But this is not their year because Benfica might be in a final. I mean, I think I mean, I know that's ballsy to say, trust me, I know it. But Benfica is the Leicester of the Premier League when they won it, yeah. in the sense of they could go so far and nobody will question it for whatever reason.
0: I put it this way if they avoid, if they got through and say they avoided Man City in the next round... Yeah, I would. Fan- I think I'd fancy them against most teams to get to the semi-final. I, look again,
1: like it's Champions League. I said this earlier. This is the beauty of the Champions League, just like the beauty of the FA Cup. Anyone could beat anyone. It happens. It's going to happen. Um, and these are the stories we look for. These are the stories we get excited for. If there's anyone who you know from Canada who supports a a team like Leeds. And they're, they're starting to think, why the fuck do I support this team? And then you point to the teams like Leicester, you point to the teams like Benfica, because eventually, I mean, I know Benfica maybe in Portugal winning the Portuguese league every year might be a stretch. but you look at them in Champions League is what I'm saying.
0: I, 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 I do want to. I do want to stress they have won the Champions League twice.
1: Yeah, but yes. when was the last time? Yeah.
0: They won it in the sixties, but it's still two times more than Manchester City or Paris Saint Germain (laughs) or Atletico. My point is, though, fair enough.
1: Again, (laughs) I said this early in the park. The podcast, Portuguese, shut the fuck up. I check (laughs) you. Let me get to my point, Jesus. My point is, no matter. Fuck it, Osprey Paul. I'm I'm fucking scrambled now. We stand (sighs) by. Yeah, we'll fucking <laughs> kick your ass. <laughs> Next time I see you, you get a swift kick to the balls. Um, my point is, is Benfica is not supposed to win Champions League. I don't give a shit that they've done it before, but they're not supposed to do it now. The Portuguese league has two real good teams: Porto and Benfica. Typically. And those teams usually set off their best players and those players become the stars of the world, honestly. And Benfica, honestly, I don't I can't see them not going far in this tournament. I'd be amazed. And like again, Paul, like you said, if they come up against Man City next round, I may change my tune. But as of right now, I think they're going far. Unfortunately, for Buchanan, they have to play in the next round. And Paul, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> what well, I will say what is point? that
0: I am looking forward, the same as how we're talking about Davies, I'm looking forward to the challenge Buchanan has. Exactly. Looking at like how Benfica typically line up, um, the fullback is going to be up against is Alec Romaldo. He yep. was in the Europa League team of the year in 2019. He's made over 60 appearances in Europe for Benfica. So a very experienced player there. So it'll be interested to see if Buchanan can do there. I, I'm looking forward as well to seeing this. is going to be another good example of his defensive prowess. So, like, even if, like, Bruges as a club don't get anything out like of this, for Canada, this could, again, be very beneficial to see Buchanan have to play on that sort of back foot role of defending a lot. Mm-hmm. This, Like, you know, we are going into a cop, potentially Cop America in 2024, and you can imagine the experience of that. You know, it's not going to be too disfamiliar So, if like, Canada get drawn against, like, a Brazil or an Argentina or a Uruguay. So the more that we can put our players in these positions, the better. I do want to give a quick shout out to Bruges. They do have some good players in there. They've got Andreas Gore Olsen, Ferran Jutkala, Kamal Soa, Dennis Oday, Dennis Dedrick Boyata is there, like from, I mean, he was a bomb scare at Celtic, but you know, he's yes. there. Uh, <laughs> they've got Simon Mignolet as well. You can still find him. right wow. like, So I, I think Bruges, I think Bruges, they'll probably give them a game. I have no doubt in that they'll be able to give them a good game. Like, at the end of the day, they did beat Porto for, they did beat Portal comfortably. They bet Athletico Madrid and then they went to Madrid and got and got a 0-0 draw. So they're no mugs. They certainly deserve to be where they are. I'm concerned about the fact that Scott Parker is a manager. I feel like that was a very odd choice to to make him the manager. You know, the guy who lost to the who lost nine nil to this Liverpool team. You know, yeah. maybe if it was like a year or so ago but like this Liverpool team lost nine nil and basically chucked in the towel immediately saying we've got no players. I I feel like that if anything is going to be what holds him back. I just, I don't like Scott Parker. Parker's a manager. I think they're going to, I mean, I feel like we're going to have a unanimous answer here. We all think Benfica are going to win this tie.
2: Yeah. I'm I'm with you too. I'm going to go with Benfica too. The only, the caveat of course, being the thing that you guys talked about earlier is if some sales happen. Um, exactly yeah uh, like, 11 we- power that blows this team up but other than that like I mean like you said Bruges is no mugs they, they played mm-hmm. some pretty strong games and so they're gonna they're gonna look good but I just feel this Barcelona team knows they have a real shot at getting I'm a good team yeah they're they're a great team and they got a real <laughs> shot at a, a, a finals so I, I really like their chances against Bruges and I think they'll be they'll be excited about it but I don't think they'll they'll uh, look past Bruges so I, I think that Barcelona, I'm Barcelona. That's not Barcelona. It's not the team. That's Benfica what I was to be for. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Benfica. That's I think they're going through here. So I think yeah, this is unanimous, barring any let, any massive moves.
1: Let me just go back to. I know I'm rooting on Benfica like I'm all up in their ass, but I just want. to – I think it's gonna be a good game. I think it's a close game. I don't think they're running away with it. If it's four or five nothing, I'd be amazed. I think it's a good two-one game. I think. I think Club Rouge puts up a good enough fight to say, "Hey, we belong." It just there's gonna be a tilt, and there will be mm-hmm. a winner, and it's gonna be Banffica.
0: Agreed. Yeah. So maybe we're ending on a sour note, a bit sour note there, but like the fact that like for the most part, we think two Canadians are going to be in the quarterfinals is amazing. Just how far that Canada's came. Canada's came in such a short period of time. Like the idea of that being the case, like two Canadian internationals. In the in the quarterfinals, seems would have seemed mental just even like four year, four or five years, four or five years ago. Who um, was our so options
1: d- four or five years ago? That's the question.
0: <laughs> oh Christ! That we should, we should do that as a podcast and swatch a game from like 2017, a Canada game from 2017 or something.
1: The only guy I could think of right now is David Edgar for Hartlepool. Have fun.
2: <laughs> you mean you mean forge his own? I mean Otto of own
0: fair enough <laughs> <laughs> so someone's gonna so unfortunately somebody has to wrap that up in Andre's, um, of and Andre's absence I guess that'll be me so yeah we are we are kicking off a season two of the FC13 podcast where obviously the, the domestic season hasn't started off yet but don't worry we will be getting there this has been another two forward episode and as we get closer to the season we are gonna like let you guys know more in detail that we are going to be opening a Patreon soon Episodes like this, we are going to be transitioning more and more into that Patreon. So it will be paid, it will be ad free, ad free, paid for content for you guys. But don't worry, like I said, we are still going to do weekly weekly episodes. We might drop little tidbits here and there as here and there as well. So like, keep an eye out for that. We'll let you know when that's dropping. And we're really excited, really excited to drop it. We're really excited to get into see to get into season season two. I mean, I'm so excited I can barely say it straight. This is why Andre normally does this. (laughs) Don't Um, worry, you got us pretty excited too. Kevin, thank you very much for joining us. Um, I believe you have a podcast of your own, don't you? Do you care to tell the listeners a little bit about
2: that? Sure. Thanks a lot. A little shout out to the Hammer of Sparks podcast. Uh, Had a few interviews so far, three interviews with either Forge or former Forge players. And it's just basically one-on-one, me picking their brains and uh, getting to know about a little bit more about our Canadian soccer stars as human beings and uh, entrepreneurs. Fantastic, yeah. Like honestly, we,
0: we are—we're very—we're very busy these days, ladies and gentlemen. Also, we do have Simon's Up the North podcast as well. We're yeah. going to be doing like little things on YouTube here and there. Keep an eye on the Twitter at, at FC Thirteen Podcast. And in the meantime, I've been Paul McNulty. McComey we'll Michael. And I'm Kevin. Thanks for having me. <laughs> We're looking forward to the last sixteen as much as you guys are. We hope the games are good and we hope you enjoy the rest of your week and then um, have a rest of your day. <laughs> enjoy the rest of your day. Damn that was so close <laughs> to perfecting that. You
2: almost nailed that.
1: Let's go. Let's go.